tell us who are you and tell us about your professional career. I'm Tracy Flores. Uh, soy una profesora en la Universidad de Texas at Austin. Uh, yo trabajo con los estudiantes que quieren ser maestros. So all my, the students that I work with, I work in the College of Ed, they are all practicing to be teachers. And so at the university, I teach courses in language arts and in community literacies and in language arts, uh, work with teachers to think about how to develop classrooms where writing can flourish. And in community literacies, uh, trabajo con los estudiantes para que, um, para que, para apoyar a, a los estudiantes a tener confianza en sus, um, I work with students in community literacies um, to think about the resources that are in our homes and communities. And in that course, we work on thinking about how we can build relationships with families and how foundational family and home is to the student and their lives. And so that course, I really love it because they get to work with parents from a school community. And so part of our class is reading you know, articles, theory, and then the part with the parents is to um, learn about how to build relationships and how to uh, develop uh, powerful networks that can support the child in being successful. And um, prior to that, yo crecí en Phoenix, Arizona. Yo viví en Phoenix para todo de mi vida y mudé aquí tres años pasado para trabajar en la universidad y cada día yo, I miss my mom so much because um, all my family's over there and we're over here. But I know like this is a blessing for me to have this opportunity to do what I love. And so when I was in Arizona, I taught for eight years. I taught second through sixth grade. I taught language arts, but I also taught uh, in a course called English Language Development. And in Arizona, we have English-only policies um, where students who are learning English as an additional language, they have a different language they speak at home, language or languages they speak at home, they are um, segregated, basically, um, for four hours a day um, to learn English as quick as they can. But we all know English is a lifelong, language yeah. is a lifelong mm -hmm. process. And so, um, Many students don't exit the program in a year, and they spend many years in this program. And um, teaching in uh, that uh, track is what led me to work towards my doctorate because I saw the ways that the laws were um, tracking my students, were creating a school within a school, were limiting their opportunities educationally that their English-speaking peers were also receiving. They weren't getting the same education. And I didn't, I saw the ways that reading and writing were taught in a very rigid, skills-based approach that took away their voice and took away their language and their identity. And many times I would see my students policing each other and asking each other, you know, why are you speaking Spanish in here? We're not allowed to speak Spanish in here. And that's not what the law was intended to do. But we all know, like, students internal, we, we internalize these things and we start to believe, like, this is what it's supposed to be like and who I am is doesn't matter based on, you know, how we're tracked. And so all of those experiences and how I was watching my students um, be silenced through these educational practices is what led me to get my doctorate at Arizona State University, 
And so I have my doctorate in English education, and um, I focus a lot on writing and about sharing your story and about amplifying your voice as a way to make a difference in your world, but also the larger world, because I believe that um, we all have powerful stories that need to be to be told. So that's how I think about writing and the way I think about preparing my my students at UT to enter writing classrooms with this belief that all of their students are writers and all of their students have valuable stories to tell yeah, and share. That's true. And then you did sacrifices because you knew that the struggle was real and people needed that help. Muchas personas allá afuera están sufriendo por el racismo de que ahora, hoy en día, en nuestra generación se está procesando. Y es algo en lo que los ciudadanos deberíamos de, de trabajar en ello. Sí, sí, claro. Y en Arizona, cuando estaba allá, um, hay los leyes de English Only y también hay de SB 1070 y yo vi... Um, en, las en las comunidades en que yo tra trabajé, the surveillancing of neighborhoods, surveillancing of communities, and this fear that my students and their, and their families were living in. And yeah. so um, all of these stories and all of their experiences, all of this is what brought me to work towards my... I didn't want to ever leave the classroom, ever. <laughs> Never. And yeah. um, that's what led me to get my doctorate. But I feel like here at UT, I'm also in a good place because... My classes are held at elementary schools, so I'm working with young students, and I'm working with my UT students, and we're talking about these um, students not just as these um, one-dimensional people, yeah. but as very complex with, you know, histories and stories, and they come from these, you know, rich histories, and um, we historicize their lives more. Yeah. And that says a lot. It really means a lot for a lot of people, and we appreciate you for that. Thank you. Um, and then, like, uh, tell me about um, what environment you grew up with. ¿En qué, en qué estados tú creciste cuando eras una niña? ¿Cómo eran tus papás contigo, tu familia, el ambiente en todo? Uh, yo tengo dos hermanas. Yo soy en el medio. Mi hermana mayor se llama Stacy, y mi hermana... Men, uh, Menor, sí. Yeah. Sí, sí, so my younger sister, lo siento, se llama Stephanie, y es, estamos muy cercas. Y um, we have a really good relationship, and I was really lucky to have both of them in my lives um, as a young girl, but also now as an adult. Um, and I've seen the ways that they've supported me um, in all aspects of my life, when I was making good choices, when I was making not so good choices, no matter what, they were always there to support and to love me and to give me the tough love that I needed. Um, my mom and my dad uh, raised us to be um, strong. They didn't ever want us to have to depend on a man for anything, and so they really raised us um, with this belief that we matter, that we are enough, and that we should never be in a relationship because we feel like we cannot get out of it. And I, they didn't just tell us these things or instill these things, and they, they modeled these things for us. And so that's something that I'm very grateful for. Um, uh, I'm the only one who has, who's married and has a child, and that's okay with them. It's not like, oh, we all have to be married and have kids. Yeah. It is very much like each of you is on your own path. Each of you can be the kind of woman. Whatever path you have, whatever kind of woman you want to be, that is that is up to you. And we are just here to help 
guide you, to help support you, and to love you for, you know, whoever you love and whoever you become. And so I, I feel very fortunate for that. And um, I grew up around my grandparents. Um, my, my dad's uh, parents, my Tata Flores and my Nana Flores. But a lot of time with my Nana Josie, who was my mom's mom. And we used to spend so many weekends there. And um, when my parents would go out of town for my dad's work, we would always spend time with my, at my Nana Josie's. But we were there even beyond that, like, because my cousins lived there. And so we'd go over there and we'd play, you know, He-Man and She-Ra and Barbies. And she always would cook for us, you know, fideo. And she'd always make me tocino bien cocido because that's how mm, I liked it. Yeah. And I just remember always feeling safe and loved over there. And I, one thing I really miss about her is her deep faith and her healing, her healing ways. Like I remember I'd, I'd be, I felt like I'd be sick. My mom would take me over there. And then by the time I left, I was well through her hands, through her cooking, just through, through her, her, her person. She's very spiritual. Yeah. So I was very fortunate to have, you know, my grandparents growing up. And now that I have my own daughter, Milagros, um, my mom's around a lot. And so I, to me, it's beautiful to see their relationship, but also to kind of get a glimpse into how she was with us when we, when we were younger. Because yeah. we don't remember all those things all the time, but I can see how she how she was. And I learned from her how to be a mom by watching her be a grandmother to um, be a nana to Milagros. Yeah. I, yeah. Familias mexicanas tienden de ser más cerca que cualquier otra cosa y es lo más bonito de todo porque se junta que la mamá, el papá, los tíos, los primos y una corredera de chamaquitos que se sí, ven claro ahí. Sí. Y ella es la única en mi familia porque mis hermanas no tienen hijo, uh -huh. hijos e hijas. So ella es la, la princesa de nuestra familia. Y la otra cosa es que está, estoy aquí en Texas y mi mamá está en Arizona, pero como... Uno o dos veces cada, cada mes, yo, ella uh, vino, a, uh, venga aquí para uh, uh, estar conmigo y también para ayudarme a cuidar a, a la milagros. Yeah. Es muy importante para, para, porque ella necesita su nana. Yeah, and that generates a really big, strong bond, making everything repeat itself. You with your nana and your mom, and then now it's repeating again, and that's just... Teenagers really love to be loved. <laughs> Do you have freedom when you were younger? Did anyone help you when you were struggling? Cuando eras pequeña, te sufriste, te daban libertad, o estabas siempre limitada a hacer cosas a cierta manera? I feel like my parents raised me to try new things. Um, I was involved in sports when I was growing up. I played, you know, softball. I ran cross country. I I, would, I danced, I, uh, I took ballet lessons and tap lessons, and I also, um, I trolled the baton. Like I, now that I think about it, I did a lot of different activities, but mm -hmm. they let me try things. But the one thing they didn't let me do was quit things. Mm -hmm. So if I was in the middle of a season or whatever, like you finish it until the end, and then and then you're, if you don't like it, then you move on. So that was one thing that I feel like has really stuck with me, even as an adult. Like if I'm going to start something, I'm going to finish it or at least see it through until the next iteration or the next time it starts. And that is something that I'm grateful for because I, you know, I had friends who would start things with me and then they would, you know, parents would just let them quit. But my mom was like, you start, you finish. At the yeah. end, if you're done, then you're done. But yeah. don't, you're not going to, you know, quit in the middle. So that was one thing that um, I really learned from my parents. And they, 
they let me have freedom to choose like those type like to find my talents and my gifts but one thing that they were very strict about was you know when i went out mm-hmm. when i came home and who i who who i would be with like they always wanted to know who i'd be with where i was going to be what time i would be home who was driving anything like that and i i appreciate that at the time i didn't appreciate it so much <laughs> but now as i look back i understand um that they were just wanted to make sure that i was uh safe mm-hmm. and that i was making good choices and now i have my own daughter and you know she wants to have play dates and you know eventually she'll want to spend the night at her friends houses and do all those things and i i worry about that yeah cuz i mean my parents let me do things but like they also knew my friends parents and you know, they sometimes they wouldn't let me go, and sometimes they would. Or if I went out one day, you're not going to go out the next day, like mm-hmm. those types of things. And so I, I think about that now with my own daughter, like when she gets to be the age where she's going to want to go with her friends or, you know, do things without me. Of course, I want her to have some freedom, but I also, I really worry. Yeah. And I just think about some of the things I did, and some <laughs> of, yeah, they weren't the smartest things, but I also know like my parents, you know, they. They wanted to make sure that I was safe, and so I think about how that's going to be when Mila Milagros yeah. is um, older. And me and my husband have talked about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't really want her to do anything. <laughs> and it's like, who am I? Like, I want like, oh, my daughter to do whatever, but not, no, yeah. I get it now. So, yeah. yeah, I was. It was very. My and my mom was involved a lot in school. She, my dad worked full time. My mom stayed home, and so she was at school a lot. And so she knew my friends too. Mm-hmm. And she knew their mothers. And so that, that matters. That, that, yeah. made, that made a difference. And I, I, you know, I work and I'm a mom. And so I'm trying to figure out how that's going to work. But I know, like, that's important. Y es entendible de que las mamás se preocupen por las hijas que con quien está saliendo y todo eso. Y es algo, algo bueno porque al principio nosotros como jóvenes no nos damos cuenta mm-hmm. que que todo lo que nos están haciendo los padres es por el bien de cada uno, pero ya después cuando uno crece y tiene su carrera y dice, mamá, muchas gracias por todo esto que tú me diste y todo ese sacrificio que hice va sí. a pagar al final. Sí, And that's no, really you. wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, totally. I feel really blessed to um, still have my both my parents with mm-hmm. me. I'm getting to the age where my, my friends are starting to lose their, their parents. And I can't imagine that that feeling or that that loss and I I just try to cherish every moment I have with them um and try to go see them anytime there's a break from classes or we have an extra and that longer Mm -hmm. weekend I try to go home and some people understand and some people don't but it's not really for anyone to understand but for me to to know I need to go home to to have that time um because this is the first time I ever moved away I never intended to leave Phoenix I never intended to leave, you know, my community where I was born and raised. But um, when I got this opportunity, you know, I, I had to go. I had to follow this dream yeah. to follow um, wherever this path would take me. And I remember when I was getting the offer to work at UT, they called me and my chair, my now chair, my bot, well, yeah, my chair, she called me and was giving me the offer. And she's like, you know, go talk to your family and, you know, and. I talked to my dad before I talked to my, <laughs> I talked to my parents before I talked to my own husband. But um, I remember telling my dad, and he was like, you know, I was crying. And he's like, we'll make this work. It'll yeah. work. We'll make it work. It's two hours away. 
it'll work you need you need to go you need to go to texas yeah that's good oh mm-hmm. <laughs> tears <laughs> no yeah that's really good um parents are really a big role in hispanic families especially in hispanic families that's a big sacrifice you leaving your parents after you know all those good moments memorias todo lo que pasaron pero está bien um Give us an update about your current work. What are you working on? About maybe your organization that you're working on? What's oh, yes. So um, I have a, uh, a group that I um, brought with me from Arizona, and it's called Somos Escritoras. We are writers. And it's based off of my dissertation um, study. Um, in Phoenix, it was a, a space for Latina girls, um, grades 6 through 12, and their parents to come together um, in a, in a space to uh, write and share stories from their lives. And it was um, focused on this intergenerational exchange of stories and, and experiences. And it, that, I, that came from my um, work in, in spaces with my uh, second through sixth graders in which I would invite families in, mm-hmm. my students and their families, to write and share stories. And I saw the types of ways that parents um, and, and my students would come together to share their stories. and the relationships that started to be built as we started to share our stories. And some of the stories that were shared were shared for the first time, and we were learning about each other in new ways and building these strong relationships. And so for my dissertation, I thought, well, what, what would it be like to bring, you know, Latina girls as they're, you know, kind of, you know, going through changes in their lives, coming from girls to young women and, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing new things. And I thought back to my own, my own life and thinking about there was so much going on, you know, in my life that I... I didn't have any, I didn't know, I, I didn't think I could turn to my mom. And I know she wouldn't yeah. listen, but there were certain things we didn't talk about, like, you know, like sex or your mm-hmm. period, like those, those things. And so I thought, like, what if there was a space for girls at that age where they could, you know, share with their parents mm-hmm. in the ways that I wish I had a space? And so that was my dissertation. And so f- I did two workshops like that with girls. And the first one was girls and their parents. And the second one was girls and their mothers. And then after both of those workshops, the girls were like, we want our own space. Like, we want a space where we can come together. And so when I came to Texas, I connected with Comi Madre, which is an organization that is dedicated to um, supporting mother uh, girls in pursuing a higher education. And it's a lot of first-generation girls. And the really powerful part of the organization is that they connect the mother to that experience so that they grow together and support each other as the girl goes on through you know, middle school, high school, and then hopefully college. And so I connected with that organization when I came here and the director at the time, uh, Dr. Granillo, she said, we would love to, you know, this opportunity to collaborate for our girls, have it here in, in our oh. office. And so my first summer here in 2007, 18, we hosted about 15 girls in their offices. Some were involved in that program, some were girls from around the neighborhood, and we met for two weeks at, at their um, in their offices, and I had a group of uh, Latina, Chicana, Puerto Rican graduate students and undergraduates from the university who helped facilitate. My sister came and also comes and helps me, and you know we read different uh, texts by like Gloria Anzaldúa, Audre Lorde, Nikki Giovanni, you know, women of color writers who write about their experiences and so we use those texts to um, think about our own experiences and then and then write about them and then at the end of the two weeks we um, had a celebration where every girl 
got to invite family friends and we um, they read their piece in front of the family and friends and we celebrated the work that we had done and, and the work of the writers and their stories. And so um, this organization, my this program is like, you know, evolving and growing in really beautiful ways. And so um, the first summer was with Comi Madre. The second one, we held it at Bertha Sadler Means Young Women's Leadership Academy that's located in Austin ISD. It's an all-girls middle school. We hosted it there, and we had about 12 girls. And this summer, um, we we're having it at the Benson at the UT campus. It's a Latin American collection, wow. the largest Latin American collection, and they're giving us uh, opening space for us. It's a beautiful space, like beyond my wildest dreams. So we're going to be there on campus, and I have five local teachers who are helping me. My sister's going to come out again, too, and we're hoping to have between 20 and 25 girls. It's always free. And during the week, this week-long workshop that we're going to be offering, uh, we're going to have different uh, people come in to do guest workshops. We are going to continue to focus our um, each day on like language, culture, identity, gender, um, thinking about historically, but also contemporary. Like last summer, we did a lot of work around language, and we talked about you know Gloria Anzaldúa's work, thinking about linguistic terrorism and the ways that people's languages have been taken from them through, you know, colonization. Mm-hmm. But then we also looked at how this continues today with, you know, the different schooling policies. And then we looked at, like, tweets by Joaquin, Ca- or Julian, or, yeah, Joaquin Castro. Now he talked about his um, his language. And so, we, we you know, we, we really try to keep it relevant to the girls' lives and also think about not just historicizing it, but also thinking about today the the impacts and how we continue to see this history repeating itself and how can we disrupt that how can we break these cycles and how can we define ourselves in our own words and you know there's these narratives about who we are as girls and women but how can we use our voices and our stories to disrupt that and you know break that that's wonderful and so ya saben, familias de aquí de Austin, si, si están interesados en esta organización, está, es gratuito, pueden este, inscribirse ahí y va a haber mucha ayuda, mucho de qué hablar, expresarse principalmente para que la comunidad de todo Austin pueda escuchar lo que tiene uno en mente. Um, nosotros como mujeres y como hispanos a veces necesitamos un poco de ayuda para que podamos llevar a cabo esos mensajes, esas experiencias, consejos en, en la comunidad. Y ya a través de esto uno puede liberar esos pensamientos que uno tiene y eso es lo que cuenta de más. Sí, claro que sí. La, una cosa uh, muy hermosa del programa es uh, yo trabajo con mujeres chicanas, latinas y puertorriqueñas puertorriqueñas quien trabajo al lado de las uh, chicas en uh, compartir nuestras historias también. So in the space, we don't, we're not just up at the front, you know, like mm-hmm. leading or facilitating. We sit alongside the girls and we also share our own stories with them. And, you know, we support each other in that um, experience. And not only is it like restorative and transformative for the girls, but also for us as as um, as women, and I, I I've seen the, the women I work with who are undergraduates and graduate students really kind of reclaim parts of themselves and start to think about themselves differently. Yeah, and that's good. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what future plans or goals do you have? 
¿Tienes algún este plan o goles que quieras este completar antes de cierto tiempo en el futuro? Sí. Cuéntanos. Una meta que yo tengo es para continuar a, a, continuar a, a crecer. Uh, somos escritoras. Mi sueño es que en la universidad hay un, ¿cómo se dice? Un uh, oficina, no sé es oficina, pero like a, I want my own, like, not a building, it's, oh, I forget what it's called, but I want, I want um, a center. Oh. I want a center. Yo quiero una, mi, mi sueño es que un día yo tengo un centro en la universidad para familias y para la comunidad en que podemos uh, juntar para compartir nuestras historias, para aprender más de inglés, para apoyar nuestra, uh, la comunidad en uh, desarrollar um, and, and supporting the community and coming together and knowing that UT is also their university. Yeah. I really want, I want a center that's dedicated to families and communities where I can have my program where Somos Escritores is fully funded, where I can pay the women who work with me, where I can, we have materials and everything, but I can really just have it be beyond, like maybe have two or three camps running at once and just really um, spread this idea of sharing your story and the value of your story and also thinking about how that center could also transform teacher education to be thinking in these ways as well. So right now it's at UT, and then what other colleges do you have in mind? Or Ooh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I just want a center. Like, I thought like a center at UT because then, then you know, I feel like that could also be a place where we could recruit more students, yeah. uh, more graduate students, uh, get more students of color to, to also support the work and support them too. Um, so that's my dream. I want I want a center, a family and community literacy center where I can continue to grow this work and thinking about um, family engagement, thinking about um, the university, you know, kind of blurring that yeah. those lines of who belongs and who doesn't because everyone belongs at the university. Anyone who wants to should be able to go and should be able to feel like they belong there. Yeah, that's totally true, especially because, well, I'm, I'm a senior right now, so the struggle is real, so yeah. we know. And... We, as teens, we really appreciate that you are opening your doors to let us know that there's more out there than just some, something just limited. Especialmente para nosotros como hispanos que a veces no, nosotros como jóvenes tendemos a pensar, no, no podemos, que es muy, muy difícil, no nos van a querer y bla, 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 X. Pero en realidad la, la realidad es otra y otras puertas y tú estás haciendo eso posible para poder expresar a las familias, unirlas, saber que hay yes. más que eso y como trabajas para universidad estás más informada que nadie más y tú sabes cuáles son los trucos para poder prosperar. And that's really cool. We have to do it together. Exactly. And know that there's people who who believe in you yeah. and who are working alongside you. That's that, wonderful. That we can all achieve and that we can all be successful. But yes. Is there any any message in particular that you would like to spread across? Yes. Um, don't be afraid to be your authentic self. Know that you have a unique story and that your story matters. 
and that your story can change the world. And there's lots of stories out there in the media, in the news, these narratives that are, you know, that single story. And um, you sharing your story, you sharing your perspective, you amplifying your voice can change that narrative and we, we need to do that. And I really believe it's the young people who are going to change the narrative. And I see it um, in the students, the, the young girls I work with in Somos. I see it as I, you know, I'm on Twitter and you know, social media, I see young people out there organizing and sharing and that needs to happen more. And I want every young person to know that who you are matters and that your story matters and to go out there and share it with the world. That is wonderful. That's such a great goal. And we as a community, especially here in Austin, we appreciate you and hope you do the biggest, you accomplish the biggest <laughs> of your biggest dreams, your center. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for being able and taking your time to be with us. Thank you for the invitation and thanks to your teachers for you know, helping to grow this.